Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for Canadian Turf Champions Day, as we're beginning to call it. It's still Woodbine Mile Day, too. It's an exciting day of racing anyway you slice it. We've got three Breeders' Cup winning your in races. We've got stakes action beyond that. And uh, very excited to be here. Peter Thomas Fornital coming to you from uh, what I'm calling the Toronto Bunker. As you can see from the window behind, literally underground here. Getting very excited to head out to Woodbine today. And one of the people I'm looking forward to seeing is a man who always does a fantastic job on these airwaves, on the simulcast feed. It is great to have him back. Jeff Bratt. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? I have to give you the biggest public apology of all time because you asked me to come on on King's Plate Week, and I said, no problem for Pete. I will do it. And I totally lost track of time. I got things all confused. So I give the most sincerest of Canadian apologies to you. So when you asked me to come on this time, I said, I got to make time for Pete. I got to make time for Pete. So I'm glad that we're able to make it work. However, you have sparked my interest a little bit. You're in Toronto. It doesn't exactly look like you're in a hotel room. Like there's some traffic in behind you right now. So is this like an Airbnb? Like what's have you bunked up with a friend? What's going on right now? You've got you've it's sparked my interest. Hybrid. It's it's called the Ode Hotel, and okay. it's really cool. It's it is a series of apartments. It's all contactless, but like the owner manager lives in the building here, kind of like a hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we're right, you know, we're right on Dundas. It's, it's, we're right in the middle of everything and it's uh, not too far. You know, I think it'll be a, a half an hour Uber ride up to uh, Woodbine. So trying nice. to like split the circle and get some of the city experience and be here for, as I always talk about, um, easiest sell to your non racing nut partner to come to this day because it's also the film festival. So we've got movies yeah, left right. Dinners, it's it's going to be great. Of course, I'll mostly be at the track, sicko that I am. But it, it's uh, and and it appears like we're going to have nice weather for these couple of yeah. days. As far as last time, it's you know this just cancels out. If you'll remember, in 2019, I was supposed to be on the air with you on <laughs> then Queen's Plate Day, and I ended up missing a plane and not making right. it. So now we're even. Okay, sounds good. It sounds good. Now rumor has it that you are like the A1 celebrity at TIFF. Can you confirm or deny this? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with deny on that one. I, I try to walk the red carpet. I, you know, I'm I'm threatened with 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 violence on on as soon as I get there. It's you know, I just stay back in the crowd. I, I get I get my popcorn and I, I leave that to the proper celebrities. <laughs> well, it's great to have you, my man. And uh, you picked a great weekend to come. Uh, this is one of my favorite days of race. It's kind of a bit of a different feel than plate day. I find I find like plate day. It's you know all the pomp and pageantry. It's the the history of Canada's biggest race. It's North America's longest continually run stake race. It, it's got its own separate thing on the calendar. But I find on this day, this is where we kind of welcome in the world a little bit. Yeah. And um, you know we have horses coming from Europe. We have uh, trainers coming from the United States. Horses coming from the United States. We've got Canadian based horses as well. So I kind of feel like this day has got a bit of a different feel to it. It's not in a bad way. It's just a different way. I think that's right. One, you know, I was really struck by King's Plate. And, you know, it is this like fashion and social mm -hmm. event kind of a thing. And there's great racing. But this is the racing really comes to the fore. And the tie in with the Breeders' Cup, certainly with these three grade ones we're going to talk about. Uh, very much of a, very much of a major racing day. And I love it that Woodbine really gets to take 
um, center stage in the whole in the whole racing calendar on this day because of course you know we're we're following this great product all year long. So on this show we're going to focus on these stakes races and then maybe we'll get in a few other thoughts as well. But we'll start off with race number six, three fifty-seven Eastern for the two-year-olds in the Grade One Summer. We're going a mile in the turf. We've got a big full field, but we've got a lot of cross entries. So right. my first question for you, do you have any inside info or <laughs> leans as to where these four cross-entered horses are going to end up? Will it be here or will it be in two races time in the Natalba? The only one that I have a real good gut feeling on, and I haven't talked to the connections, but just judging by the rider association here, I think that Erosa is going to go in the Natalba. Okay. Um, obviously Johnny V would be a perfect rider for the horse, but, uh, coming up a little bit later on, the regular rider is a border Rosa. So I think she will go in the Natama, but I think what's happened here is, and I don't know if it's this way down the state so much, but I'm, I'm definitely finding it here in Canada, the two old fillies are just heads and shoulders above the boys right now. Now that could change. As we all know, you and I, we're, we're of the male species and we know that the female species is, is more intelligent early on than us. Some say that we never do catch up, and they might be right about that. Um, but uh, I just think that the Phillies are a little bit more precocious at this point. But what is really unique about this race here is that we have arguably the best two-year-old in Canada in this race, and his name is My Boy Prince. The problem is, while he won, he won very impressively. Like, he, he went by 14 lengths. You get a 95 buyer. He beat a very restricted group of horses. And now he's changing surfaces. Now he's going to stretch at a distance. And... I mean, this is a massive move up in class. I think he's the real deal, but I think at a low number, I got to go in a bit of a different direction. Obviously, for multiple leg wagers, you got to give him a second look. But I just think that, you know, if he, if he beats me, I'm okay with that because I think he's going to be over bed in here. So I'm going to go in a different direction. I quite like Carson's running here uh, for Commissioner Christophe Clement. And with anticipation, you know, he made this big move and it looked like he was going to win. Then here comes the Philly and nails him late in the race. But I think that Carson's run. You know, I just, I respect the barn so much. I just think, you know, third start out is really seen on a, a really good effort. I hear you. And I think Carson's run is definitely extremely logical. And one of the ones I would be uh, shortlisting in this spot. I absolutely, you, you're quoting from my notes practically about my boy Prince. If it was just about numbers, uh, you, you just give the race to my boy Prince. But I do think there are some significant concerns but I wonder if we couldn't play this race to get even more of, of, of a proper boil over. I think there's some really interesting long shots in here. I've taken a really long look at, um, at Buchik as one who I thought really had a tough trip in the soaring free against the flow of things. And I was thinking with uh, Kimura up and the blinkers on, this horse could maybe get a better position early a candidate to do a lot better i thought not sure about staying a mile but yeah um this is a horse it's going to be a very very big price and i was wanting to mess around with and then i also thought that super attentive the one runner had some interesting long shot um credentials potentially in this spot one of the is it five mark cassie runners <laughs> but super attentive got very very warm pre-race uh there was a long delay as well prior to the start of that race on plate day and made a big move to finish in the fourth place position so i'm with you on super attentive i have yeah. to correct your pronunciation you're clearly not a hockey fan that's okay it's busick it's named after yes. a former former hockey player johnny busick 
And, I do uh, love hockey, and I so that makes me feel even more embarrassed. That I <laughs> That's okay. You play. You play for the Bruins. I don't know if you're a Bruins fan or not. Uh, our good friend Matt, Matty B, would be uh, would be upset with you. But yeah, he uh, would be cringing hearing me yeah, pronounce. That's, right. that's right. I won't mess but, that up on TV. I promise. Busey. <laughs> but I like the fact that you're kind of swinging for the fence a little bit with some of these horses. I'll tell you who my uh, long shot wild card play in here is uh, King of the Track on the outside. You know, I I don't know if he beat much first time out, but man, he did it the right way, and uh, he just relaxed so nicely and kicked on. Very, very nicely late in the race. So um, I don't blame you for swinging for the fences in here. But I wonder if, if we'll look back and we'll say, Pete, we just overthank it. And uh, my boy yep. Prince wins. But I think we've I think we got to be creative, though, in a race like this. That's my that's my thought. In terms of the notes that I'm going to send around to our In the Money Plus listeners, any others you want to uh, name or number check besides the two and the 11 here? And just Tunichi, the four. I would toss that one, the mix of things. I like horses that are proven on this course. I, I think that's a big time yeah. plus, and the horse gets a little bit more ground to work with. So I, I would toss that one in the mix of things too. But obviously scratch time is always crucial, but it's going to be even more crucial coming up tomorrow. Yeah, a little tough to weigh up from here, though I think the cases we've made on the runners we've talked about will will stay the same. If I wrote a word to go in here, that would be another one that I, I would have yeah, among the more likely winners. But we'll see with that. Let's move on to the synthetic race we're going to talk about uh, in the body of the show here. Race number seven is the Vigil Grade 3 action going six furlongs on the synthetic. Jeff, we'll keep it with you. So do you ever find, like in sports, there's always that one team that always gets the good players. Like it's it's so frustrating. They always get good player after good player after good player. And you're if you're if you're not a fan of that team, you're just extremely jealous. Well, I'm a fan of this trainer and Bob Tiller. So he has Pink Lloyd, who's been amazing for like a long, long time. He's just now he's just now chilling, enjoying retirement, and deservedly so. Uh, but now he all of a sudden he's got this very nice sprinter named Patrick Zuhulahan, who I must admit I, I thought was an over his head in the Bold Venture Stakes, but I found it very very interesting. But in public, they pound this horse down to going off as the favorite. And as per yep. usual, they were right. And uh, the horse did win and kind of rebroke halfway down the stretch, too, which really impressed me. So Patches of Houlihan is, uh, is kind of a cool story for me. You know, this is by a small Ontario stallion, a homebred. I would go, if I'm playing like a pick five or pick six in here, I'm going three deep. I'm using Old Chestnut, who lost to Patches of Houlihan. I'm going to use Super Watson as well. And patches of Wuhan. Who's calling you, Peter? Peter, we're, that we're was actually Nick Tamara. I thought I had put it on 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 uh, uh you know, do not disturb, but <laughs> it must have some important tip for me somewhere. Uh, one of the racing jurisdictions we cover, but we'll we'll get to him. We'll get to him later. You can you can hear him hosting the the other late week show. <laughs> to recap your thoughts here, you like it uh, six two three? Is that about Correct. right? Six three two would be the exact order finished. Yeah, six three two. Would and be we're my... we're in lockstep here. I was gonna get a little cute and make the uh, the three super Watson my top selection. In that, I thought the pace might just set up for yep. an off the pace run for a horse twelve to one on the morning line. I'm not sure we'll get all of that, but I mean, I do think we're gonna get you know at least eight ten to one on this horse. And I definitely wanted Patches O'Hulahan going for the uh, going going for his own personal pick six i think patches <laughs> O'Hulahan has shown that he's not just a hunch play for fans of the film dodgeball at this point that's right hey you knew the reference well done my friends <laughs> well after blowing uh after blowing uh Busage, I had to <laughs> regain my credibility here jeff <laughs> yes let's pivot 
Let's go to the Natalma uh, race that, you know, we have these four cross-entered horses. But, boy, what a salty group this is. Oh. 15 potentially going postward. They won't all go, but uh, it'll it'll be it'll be a big full field regardless. And I suppose our conversation should start with Dazzling Star, this incredible statistic that's out there about uh, Charlie Appleby winning his last seven grade one races in at Woodbine uh, specifically. Will Dazzling Star make it eight for eight? I say no. And that's going out on a limb, but because uh, I don't like to, to not pick Appleby horses. But I, I thought the last race was okay. I realized it was a group three and uh, the horse was facing some pretty good competition there. I just thought that effort was okay. And maybe, too, I'm, I'm just such a huge fan of Arosa that I maybe my my heart is speaking more than my head in here. But I, I love the way that she ran last time. She had to wait in behind horses and then she exploded late. Now, you can make a strong case that Ready to Jam was uh, – you know, a little bit unlucky not to win that race, too. I had a little bit of a delayed journey in that tilt, too. Uh, I mean, but you've got to use a bunch in here. I, this is just, this is the race of the weekend. It really, really is. I don't mind it was Zara. Uh, obviously, you, you went at Saratoga against Maidens. You're doing some pretty good competition. And Golden Canary, you know, um, they actually avoided Arosa last time out, and they ran against the boys in the Soaring Free, and they were able to win. So I'm very interested to see how deep you're going to go in here and who your top pick is going to be in this race. I'm going to take a stance, and this could totally explode in my face. I'm leaving Appleby off my ticket in this race. <laughs> I will try to save with Appleby, like, in front of the long shots I want to press. But in terms of your main numbers, 6, 12, 14, something like that? Yep. 6, 8, 12, 14. Six. Okay, got it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm deep, but I was going to try to key around two in particular and okay. the two that i keep i keep coming back to she feels pretty and ozara we'll start with she feels pretty i love the pedigree for the mile i like the way she looked in winning that maiden yep that race produced three next out winners i like that definitely behind on figures but i think i, I sense that she's got a touch of class and i think the distance can bring that number forward eye catching booking of john velasquez just has every bit of a look of a live long shot to me, one to hit the board. And then Osari, you already mentioned, you know, winning that maiden at Saratoga. That is a cool race too, because two next out winners and several more that improved their speed figures by, you know, five and 10 yep. points. So that makes me think that number might be, a, the official number might be a little low, or at least there's room to progress from it. Um, and that run, you know, we it, so many of these going through this, the, all these questions about the distance. We don't have that question with Osari. She's actually gone. Right farther than this and looking at those international bloodlines i think she's going to like the galloping mile i'm hoping we can get double digit odds the fact that we both landed on her makes me think maybe she'll get back down but this is the kind of race where it doesn't matter even a horse that has these sort of long shot credentials that guys like us gravitate towards could still be a big price because there's just so many ways we could go and i do not want to get the, the way that i will cover these other horses, the logicals is in, in, I'm going to use those horses basically as keys to be somewhere and then mix them in with, I mean, honestly, as many as six or seven other runners, because that's how open it is to me. You know, the oh, one, the three, the six, the eight, the nine, the yeah. 14, the 15, there's stories to tell all over this race. Yeah. You're going to look back afterwards and whoever the winner is going to be, you're going to be saying that was probably an overlay. <laughs> you know? Yes. yes. It, Unless it's, it's just... Appleby, in which case we'll say, why right. handicap just bet Appleby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Like, just... um, it's just, 
it's I just love the options there in that race. It's just that's what handicappers live for races like that, right? It's a great it's a great betting race beyond the top one. And even Dazzling Star will be a, you know, you got to figure yeah. favorite, but what got to be a bettable favorite, seven to two, three to one yep. at, the, at the lowest. I just, I don't know. The form just didn't impress me the way, you know, I've been all about some of these other juveniles he sent over here and with the info we have for speed figures, etc. But if Dazzling Star was just a horse and wasn't an Appleby horse at Woodbine on the street, you'd look at this form and you'd say, wasn't she kind of caught out by, yeah, you know, she basically yeah. ran the same race the last two times. And wouldn't you just say, oh, it was maybe found out by grade three company, you know, yep. grade three company. So that's, that's why I'm, you and I are, uh, you know, so far we're going to win or lose together on this, uh, on this <laughs> card. And, and we'll see if that stays the same in the race that uh, I, I'm loving this. I'm loving the idea of just sort of rebranding this as a Canadian champions day to go with, the Irish one last week, the English one in a few weeks, but uh, it's still Woodbine Mile Day too. We have the six pack headed to post here, and this is one where, when I look at the form of the Appleby Giant, I find it harder to uh, to to be opposed. Master of the Seas coming off the smashing win at Ascot, two of the last three races of Master of the Seas really do tower over this group. Yes, now, no granted, question. there is the clunker in there. But, you know, that was coming back in just 21 days. I'm I'm willing to ignore it, I think, and just keep this one simple and uh, see if Master of the Seas can't be a bit of a free square in some of these late picks. How about you? Are you going to give some of the locals a chance to topple Appleby here as well? Well, let me toss this at you because this is the one thing that worries me a tad. I don't think there's much pace in this race. I think My Seat Cottage has been entered as a rabbit. Uh, I yes. think this is an individual sure. that is going right to the front to set things up for Ice Shock a lot and Lucky Score. So maybe I'm being a bit of a wise guy in here, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe War Bomber gets first run over Master of the Seas and is kind of all out to hold off. Because you know Master of the Seas is going to be coming. There's there's no doubt. He'll be rolling. Um, but I'm just – I think Master of the Seas – I mean, obviously, you've got to respect the horse, but – I'm going to be the wise guy here. I'm going to try and pick War Bomber to maybe get first run. The horse I get it. likes this course, but ran great the local prep last time out. Um, then you got Cheryl Spite. I mean, is he the same Cheryl Spite from last season? From all reports, he's working really, really well. Um, he, he ran okay, I thought, last time out on the King Eddie. But the one thing, here's an interesting stat with Cheryl Spite. And this is my own personal take, and I could be totally wrong on this. I don't think he likes this course. He's one for six on this course. His lone win came in his maiden race when he was so impressive yeah. on that day. But he has never won since on this particular course. And this is a bit of a finicky course, as you know. So those are some of the kind of little bit of tidbits that I have coming up for the, the Rico Wood by a mile. What do you say about what I just said, my friend? I, I love the idea of War Bomber getting the absolutely perfect run through, maybe sitting off the rabbit. But I do think that my Sea Cottage – I think having the rabbit might backfire in the sense that that might be all a runner like Master of the Seas needs Needs. to uh, to to get the target to come on that uh, galloping turn home. And I think the short field and it being such a tactical race, I don't think Buick is going to get caught out. Yeah. So, but I mean, I like the if you're going to envision a way to get Master of the Seas beat. It, it probably isn't going to be with a horse from behind. You know what I mean? So yeah, that gets yeah. me off the other Cassies. And if you made me pick an upsetter, I mean, I think War Bomber would be the one I would pick. I, and maybe based on this, 
lengthy conversation we're having about it. I think I need to have at least one thin saver with War Bomber, but I think that I'm still going to try to run 85, 90% of the ticket through Master of Seas. I love your point about Cheryl Spite, a horse that has overachieved in uh, the USA relative to, to the home base here. My biggest concern was if the five to two morning line is anywhere near right. I mean, even at seven to two, four to one, I just wouldn't want that into the teeth of Masters C's, yeah. despite Cheryl Spite's obvious class. I mean, you can the case for Cheryl Spite's pretty simple. On a strict line of form from the Breeders' Cup mile last year, you know, three quarters of a length to modern games is equal, if not superior, to what Master of the Seas is. But of course, you know, it doesn't really work that way in terms of the dynamics in, uh, that led to uh, Cheryl Spite being second that day. Yeah, so I'm going to keep it simple, but you know, I definitely respect the war, bom war bomber idea, and uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out on track. Only I'm the dummy trying to beat Appleby at Woodbine in <laughs> 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 two races, but oh well, we'll give it a shot. See what happens. You'll get paid. You'll get paid. Well, yeah, that's right. There is a pick five with the four races we've discussed and this allowance race that goes as race ten. Not on our regularly scheduled programming here, but. There is a standout, I think, that both yeah. you and I are gravitating towards. What do you think about this 10th race for those looking to connect these races in an extended pick bet? So when J.P. Hellish ran, he ran on a day where speed did very well, and he just crushed. And I said to myself, next time this horse runs, he is going to be the biggest bet against in all of Woodbine history. And then I look, there's no pace in the race. He's the yeah. only speed in the race. He's going to wire the field again, I think. So he is my key in the sequence. Sure. Makes sense. Cruden Bay should get a decent trip in I behind would so. you, I think. But you 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 just think the setup is too good for JPL. I, I agree yeah. with you. I saw it as a, you know, at least on a lot of tickets, just going to be single to JP Hellish. And Cruden Bay, Pete's 16 starts, eight second place finishes. Right. I do right. not love horses like that. Gets there and maybe thinks he's done enough. That's yeah, exactly. that is definitely a thing. Definitely a thing that happens. Uh, anything else strong anywhere else on the card before I let you go? Any kind of spot plays to throw in? So I don't know about you, but the better psyche to me is very unique. And with me, I love to have early success on a big day because I just I get a bit of swagger to my step. You know, yeah. I just a little bit confident. Good mental I, state. Build the I've bank. Seen the ball well. You know what I mean. And. I think in this fourth race, there's a horse by the name of Sassiness. They paid almost half a million for this one. And if you look back at the Gulfstream Park replay, she had a disastrous trip. She was making a big move, and then she'd gone to heels a little bit. She had to take up, and she eventually finished in eighth. So now she's missed some time. She's now moved over to the barn of Kevin Attard. I think Sassiness has found a very reachable group of horses. If we get four to one, I, I will take you downtown on Saturday night, and we will go bar hopping, you and I, okay? Because I love it. we're going to make some cash with sassiness if that horse is able to get four to one. So that's going to be my play of the day in the fourth at Woodbine on Saturday. Sassiness. Love it. It's a great name. It's a great case. And Atard does well with these layoff types, right? I yep. mean, this is this is something this is something that he does effectively. You know, it's not something you trust every trainer with, but, no, I, but I think no. in, in this case, it looks, looks very strong. And we're in the right neighborhood to find about, you know, you can throw a rock and, and hit about 15 bars from this <laughs> may our livers may live to regret this if sassiness wins but but i do have to warn you i have to work sunday so i do have to be in by a certain time so just <laughs> <let you> know. <laughs> great stuff my friend really appreciate you coming on here today and giving your thoughts about this loaded woodbine saturday card and we'll be talking soon
Pete, a pleasure. I'm glad I was able to make it up to you, my friend, and I will see you at the track. Sounds good. See, yeah, that it will be. Uh, uh, I'll be popping up to the Stella Artois Terrace today <laughs> for a few, and maybe come down to the studio and 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 uh, and, and beg my way onto air for a race or something. We'll see. Sounds we'll see great. What we do about Looking that. Forward to seeing you. Thank you, Jeff. One more time. Thanks to our friends and one of our first partners, a top four or five client slash partner for In the Money Media has been Woodbine. Always love to get up here for their big days. We thank them and uh, Lindsay and the team and Klaus and everybody uh, immensely for uh, everything they've done and, and what great partners they have been, not, not just this year, but every year since we started. This show's been a production of In the Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>